I am Joel McLeod. I'm Roland Tana. And welcome to the 905er. I have a question for you. Are you a parent trying to get back into the workforce after the pandemic? More specifically, are you the parent of a toddler trying to find daycare so you can return to the workforce? If you are, then no doubt you've noticed the jaw-dropping prices to get your child into a spot. In some cases, for a certified daycare provider, depending on where you're living in the province, and especially in the 905 area, the price could be comparable to a second mortgage payment, and that's per child. The cost of daycare in this province has steadily been an issue for families. Especially in light of the COVID-19 economic recovery, it has become a focus point as a barrier for families to return full-time to the workforce. The federal liberal government has repeatedly made promises to fund daycare since the 1990s, only to have those problems not materialize for some reason or another. Except this time. The federal government has signed agreements with the provinces to fund daycare programs. So far, eight of the 10 provinces have signed some kind of a funding agreement with Ottawa. As of this recording, only New Brunswick and Ontario have yet to sign on. Here in Ontario, people are wondering what is the holdup for getting a deal signed. The Ontario government is saying that it is being shortchanged in its agreement and wants more money, while the federal government says they are trying not to show any preferential treatment amongst any of the provinces. Today, Tuesday, November 23rd, the federal and Ontario governments are going to be sitting down to try and negotiate an agreement. Late last week, we invited on Federal Minister of Families, the Honourable Karina Gould, to explain the federal government's side. We extended the invitation to the Ontario Minister of Education, Stephen Lecce, to come on as well to explain their side, and we've yet to hear a response from them. On a side note, we did have some technical issues on my side of the recording, so I am arriving a bit late to the interview, but I will be there and I do participate. And lastly, think about helping us out on this podcast. Please think about contributing through financially through our Patreon and through our Buy Me A Coffee accounts. A small contribution will go a long way to help us tell the great stories like this one of the 905. Links are in the show notes. Thanks and enjoy. Okay, well, welcome, uh, Minister Karina Gould, to the uh, 905er podcast. Really uh, happy to have you today. I'm great. I'm so happy to be here, Roland. And we should just uh, make a quick mention as we start that um, you, know, you and I have known each other for a long time from before I was uh, independent, so to speak. And um, uh, so we ha we have that background, and we're we're, we're kind of friends. But um, certainly, in, you know, we're going to be talking about the issues today, and we'll we'll uh, we'll we'll explore all sides of the of the debate. Now, um, perhaps the best way to kind of get going is to um, is for you to kind of explain what's going on with the, with the whole uh, child care issue right now with what the federal government's trying to do with all the provinces and what your perspective is obviously on why Ontario seems to be um, one of the slowest provinces to come to an agreement with with the federal government. Yeah, sure. So, I mean, first of all, um, our government has the vision to create a Canada-wide early learning and childcare system. Uh, this would be, you know, a, a big social transformation that would have like a, just such a huge tangible benefit and impact on our kids, on families, and quite frankly, on, on the economy. Uh, and so part of that vision are kind of, I'd say, four main elements. 
The first one is making childcare more affordable. And so within that, uh, you know, with we've asked provinces and territories to come up with a plan to reduce fees by 50% within the first year after signing an agreement, and then to get to about $10 a day within five years of signing the agreement. Because you know, for families here in Halton, for example, or in the 905 more broadly, um, you know, for infant care, you could be paying 1800 to $2,000 a month. For um, preschoolers like my son, who is three and a half, you know, it can range between twelve and sixteen hundred dollars a month. I mean, this is this is a lot of money, um, and you know, of course, it's about taking care of our most precious resource, our kids. Um, but it's quite expensive for families. And imagine if you have two children um, who need to be in childcare at the same time. I mean, you're you're talking about almost an entire after-tax salary for for potentially one parent. Um, so it's it's quite expensive. So making it more affordable is one of the main principles. The second one is also about increasing the number of spaces that are available because already there's a lack of spaces. So, you know, oftentimes um, families get pregnant and they immediately sign their kids up for childcare because they know that um, it's, it's challenging to find a, a good quality space um, in their community. So it's also about increasing the number of spaces so that, you know, all families that want to utilize childcare will be able to. And then the third one is really about quality and inclusion. Um, and so it's about making sure that um, our children are getting the care that they need, but it's also early learning and development because we know that those early years are the most important for the development of, of people. And so it's about setting our kids up for success. And then the final piece of this is um, about workforce development. So if we're going to create more spaces, if we're gonna have good quality inclusive childcare, we also need our early childhood educators uh, to be part of that. And we need to value them, we need to pay them um, a good wage, uh, we need to provide them with professional development and the resources and tools they need to be successful. Um, and we need to attract and retain more of them um, because they're going to be key to a successful system. Uh, so we've managed to sign agreements with nine provinces and territories um, so far. This past year, uh, or this past year, sorry, this past week, uh, we signed Alberta on, which was very exciting. Um, and so now we have two provinces remaining, uh, Ontario and New Brunswick. And um, we're having good conversations with them. Um, but, you know, there's, there's more work to do to make sure that we can deliver uh, for families right across the country. So, uh if we get into the kind of uh, debate of what's happening, you know, specifically with Ontario and the provincial government, uh, I was just going to ask, I mean, I, I remember from my previous life in the UK that uh, the Scottish government um, introduced a totally different issue, but they introduced um, payments and funding for, for senior for senior care and, uh, you know, old age, uh, old age care. And because it was still basically a private system, all the old age uh, homes basically put their price up by the amount that the government was giving to them and uh, carried on as as before. How, how do you make sure that kind of thing doesn't happen uh, with this? That basically, because we're still dealing with the private system, you're not kind of creating a national childcare uh, uh, um, entity um, that private, uh, private uh, people are, are at liberty to charge whatever they like. 
Yeah, so it, it kind of depends on the province and territory. So um, we we made the decision that we don't want to lose any spaces. And because, you know, for the past 50 years, there's been, um, you know, a mix of providers uh, that exist within the regulated space that we want to recognize those spaces so long as they're regulated and licensed um, in the province in which they exist. Um, Depends on the province, though, because some provinces, uh, like Nova Scotia, for example, are looking to move towards, you know, almost an entirely public system over time, right? Um, other provinces have said, um, and, and the federal government's priority is that for any new spaces, and so expansion and growth would be in the not-for-profit sector. Um, and then... Um, some provinces have like PEI, for example, that has a pretty even mix between not-for-profit and uh, private providers have put very strict controls in place um, in terms of what kind of earnings private operators um, can can make um, with public money. And I would say that that kind of exists already to a certain extent in Ontario because Ontario provides um, quite an extensive subsidy system for for very low income families, um, and so they already have some of those controls in place. Um, but those are things that we that we have to look at. And I would say that within the Alberta Agreement, for example, um, Alberta uh, has one of the highest ratios of for profit versus not for profit providers uh, of childcare, and they are looking at um, now with the federal agreement what a, a cost control framework would look like if private operators um, were be, to be able to access federal funds. So those conversations are happening um, between uh, the federal and the provincial government because we want to ensure um, that public money is you know being used appropriately and not for you know excess profits. Um, now, Hi, Joel, I, uh, could you want to? Well, I, I I do have a, a question because like the the we're talking about like for profit and non profit uh, daycare, and like I just uh, I am coming in a, a bit short because I had technical issues, but I mean, we're the funding that the federal government is is putting up uh, to bring costs down to ten dollars a day uh, for daycare. Um, you know, the majority of, uh, I know, I know from personal experience, the majority of us are, are putting our kids basically into for-profit daycare. I mean, that's really kind of how the model exists here in, uh, in Ontario. There are not, not for profit, but. Well, no, that's not true, Joel. It's actually in, in Ontario, it's actually the opposite. So in Ontario, in Halton, um, the majority are for-profit providers, but in Ontario, uh, 70, 75% are not for profit. So. Ontario actually has a, a, a much more majority not-for-profit system, um, and, and actually the biggest outside of Quebec. Um, but Halton is an exception. There's there there's there's okay. not very many not-for-profit providers in Halton. So I mean that that comes down to a lot of people in Halton are going to be wondering, okay, so how does this benefit me for ten dollars to get my ten dollars a day daycare? Because I know I know for here in Burlington, shopping around for daycare. Um, it's costly. Like we're we're talking uh, for a majority of, of people, we're talking about putting in a, almost like a second mortgage payment into the household budget uh, just for one child in in daycare. Uh, so yeah. So as I, I know you came like, in a little late, but as I said from the beginning, all regulated spaces, current existing yeah. spaces, uh, would receive an operating subsidy 
So um, in in the province. Okay. So whether they're yeah, so that, not that's, for profit. That's, that leads yeah. me. To, that leads me to my, to my actual point. Point. Um, so, what's stopping somebody from from signing on to? Uh, if you have a kid, you're looking to put their kid into uh, into daycare now, and you sign up for like the most expensive, the the daycare with all the bells and whistles, the one that has all the 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 you know the arts and crafts and and the all that all that stuff that's that you want in a daycare, but often is out of reach for families of modest means. Uh, what's stopping you from signing your kid up now uh, for that, and with the anticipation of well, we're going to get get it for uh, ten dollars a day? Like, I, I guess it's a question of equity ar- across the the board. Well, I think it will actually make access to daycare more equitable because mm-hmm. the cost will go down for for all families. So, um, so long as it's a regulated space. Um, it will be eligible for for that subsidy. Um, you know, the the province will have to work through uh, what reasonable costs are um, for daycares, which is what um, provinces across the country are doing, right? So let's say right. you know the average cost is you know twelve hundred dollars. If a daycare provider says, well, actually ours is eighteen hundred, the provincial regulator will probably say. Well, can you explain that to us? There may be a legitimate case in that downtown Toronto rent is much higher, and so right. you know they don't have a huge profit margin. Um, but they'll probably have to go through all of those steps at the provincial level. But we're not going to we're not so going to look the, like the, a, the I, start, I just want to say like we're not going to look at a, a lack of quality uh, once the, if this deal is put forward, and which is a something that I know a lot of parents are going to be concerned about. Like they don't if you're paying the idea is that you're paying more, you're going to get better. But we're not going to lose that quality if if this deal goes through. That's correct because it's it's basically saying if you're an existing regulating space, um, that space will will qualify for the reduction in fees. Um, and and it also doesn't always bear out um, in reality that because you're paying more, the quality is better. Um, you know that that may be a feeling, but it, it's not always the case because there are lots of really fantastic not-for-profit providers um, that provide excellent care. And you know the experience in Halton is a bit different because because we don't have um, a lot of not-for-profit providers, we don't have that experience. But last week I was in Hamilton um, at uh, you know one of the umbrella centers, which is actually directly connected to the school board. So um, it's a it's an extension essentially of the education system, um, and the you know the quality, the care is is excellent. Um, and what's really neat about that is that you know as a parent, you know one of the stressful things is when you move your child from daycare to school. Well, in you know this umbrella with the umbrella group in Hamilton, well your kid goes in one door for their daycare and then when they move on to kindergarten they just go in through another door but in the same building um you know with it, the same playground i mean the playgrounds are separated for daycare versus um school age children but you know it, it is a it's a it's a con, con, continuity um of care and education which which i think is really exciting so, so coming to the to the uh, the, the debate that's currently going on uh, between you and, and Ontario, which has obviously got quite a few headlines in the last few days, um, this kind of the, the original the initial kind of story was was you know uh, you said in an interview you weren't really sure what, why Ontario was dragging its heels. Um, do you have a better idea now than you that you did a week ago? 
Uh, well, I don't really want to negotiate in in public, um, but I think um, I think the fact of the matter is is that um, Ontario is uh, now reaching out um, much more aggressively than they were uh, a week ago, and that's a good thing because hopefully that means that we're going to get it closer to signing an agreement that's going to benefit uh, families in Ontario. And and is it does it come down? To, I mean, the the, the 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 logic that seems to be getting made in 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 the media is that well, you know, Ontario, we already do more um, uh, because we have uh, all day kindergarten and, and things like this, and the, the uh, as a result, the, the federal government needs to pay more to make it fair in Ontario, and also that the cost of childcare, and this is a fair point, the ch- cost of child childcare in Ontario are much higher than they might be in Saskatchewan or other provinces. Um, is that a fair representation of, 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 well, I guess I shouldn't be asking you to defend their point of view, but um, <laughs> is, how, do you, how do you answer the, those points that, you know, Ontario is the most expensive province in the, in, in the country to, to live in um, with, with, you know, perhaps double childcare fees somewhere. I mean, and so therefore Ontario deserves more. Well, so yeah, I mean, I think you need to ask Ontario um, about the reasons. Uh, but what I can say is that, you know, families in the lower mainland in BC and Vancouver might might argue that point. I mean, they have very expensive childcare there as well. Um, you know, there's even in the north, right? Like the in the north, there's a whole bunch of other considerations that in terms of infrastructure and access that make the costs difficult and challenging. So what we've done is we've said you are going to get um, the proportion of the funding allocation that is based on the number of children that you have in your province age 0 to 12. And every province has gotten that calculation. And so what is on the table is is fair. It is the it is equivalent to the number of zero to twelve year olds that Ontario has. Uh, Ontario has about thirty seven point eight percent of the zero to twelve year old population in Canada, and they are getting exactly thirty seven point eight percent of the funding that we have available um, for this initiative. Um, and the other thing is that all provinces are doing things in early learning and child care right um to different degrees and the idea behind this agreement is not to pay for what is already existing but to reduce fees for parents and to grow um the spaces that are available and to support the workforce so we totally recognize and appreciate and laud and congratulate um you know the work that ontario has done in full day kindergarten that's fantastic but this agreement is about doing more um, so and, uh, I, I was just going to say that the Premier Ford has come out and said that uh, next door in Quebec, uh, Premier Legault is getting a, a much better deal uh, from from the federal government for their childcare program. Um, you know, is, is there is there something to that? I mean, I know Quebec already has already had a a full uh, a daycare program in place. Uh, to the tune of, I think, 8 to $10 a day. If I, I'll have to double-check my facts. But they already had a plan in place, which was kind of copied across the country. What do you have to say that, you know, to Premier Ford's allegations or assertions that Ontario isn't getting its fair deal com- when compared to Quebec or presumably other provinces in that regard? Well, I think, I think you answered the question, Joel. Um, Quebec already has daycare for $8.50 
in place and they've had it for, you know, over, over 20 years. Um, so it, it wouldn't really be right for us to say to Quebec, well, you need to get to $10 a day when they've already surpassed, um, when they've already surpassed that, right? So it, it really is apples and oranges. Um, you know, Ontario has a lot of the right building blocks uh, to, um, to get to $10 a day, to get to that 50% reduction within the year, to grow uh, in the not-for-profit uh, sector. Um, but they still have to, you know, we still want to meet the objectives that we have. And the other thing that I would say is that, you know, this is a great deal for Ontario families right? Like this is about supporting our families and the $10.2 billion on the table is going to make a world of difference for families. Like Joel, I know you, you have kids and like, imagine, you know, when you put your daughter in daycare, like you were paying $10 a day, like the difference that that would make for your family's well, finances. On, on that, on that note, I actually did calculate it. Um, Listeners may remember uh, four years ago, the Kathleen Wynne provincial government was proposing free ch free daycare. Uh, and my family sat down, we worked out the math. We would have saved about $13,500 a year uh, on daycare costs. Yeah. Um, and, and those prices would have gone up because of inflation. That was four years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's pretty, like that's. That's a car. That's, that's a. Yeah, that's super significant, that's, right? Like that's, that's super, car. super significant. Yeah. 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 Well, I, I know we don't have you for, for too much longer, uh, Minister Gould, but um, I mean, uh, how how far apart do you do you feel uh, you and the provincial government are now? Or do you think that this is, you know, this is all part of the sort of ne the negotiation pro process by which the two sides kind of put pressure on each other and, and a deal will get done relatively soon? You know, I feel very confident that we're going to come to an agreement. I really do. Um, and uh, I am very committed to making sure that that's an agreement that is going to benefit Ontario families. So um, I, I, I think we're going to get there. I, I, I feel good about that. Um, and, uh, you know, we're going to do everything we can to, to get it done um, quickly so that families can see a benefit soon. What would the consequences be in your mind if Ontario does not is one of the only provinces not with this agreement in place. What do you see are the, are the are the consequences down the road? Well, I mean, I think it's a it would be first of all a shame for families in Ontario because there there is 10.2 billion dollars um, on the table that could go to helping them in the immediate term. Like, you know, just just before we got on this um, this podcast, I was doing an announcement in Regina and Saskatchewan. Um, Saskatchewan is going to retroactively reduce fees by 50% to July 1st of this year. So families in Saskatchewan who have a kid in, in childcare are going to see an immediate benefit, like in the coming weeks, um, which is going to be so important for them. And then, on a go forward basis, those fees are reduced by 50%. So like it's, it's so tangible, you know, in terms of um, what the difference is in Alberta, the agreement that we announced on Monday, they're reducing fees by 50% as of January 1st. So in six weeks, parents are going to see like a real reduction in fees. So as a first um, consequence, it would mean that Ontario families are 
are being left out. Um, and as a second one, I mean, I think, you know, what we have seen over the past 20 months of this awful pandemic is that women have been hit the hardest. Um, you know, we talk about the she session, we talk about the fact that um, women have been in some of the hardest hit industries, but they've also faced um, the dual burden of trying to work from home and care for small children, uh, or older children who were out of school. And so, um, you know, how this is this is so important not only for parents and families but for our economic recovery as well and i think you know if we want to come roaring back right across the country um we know that this is going to make such a big impact um for our economy as well okay well i think probably we're we're gonna have to wrap it up here uh, uh minister gould because I, I know you have another uh meeting in a couple of minutes but uh Thanks so much uh, for joining us today and uh, and spending some time explaining uh, uh, your side of the story. We've also invited the the uh, the uh, uh, Stephen Lecce, the, the Minister of Education, and we don't know if he's going to want to put his side, but we shall see. Thanks so much uh, for joining us today. My pleasure. Thanks for your interest. That's it for this episode of the 905er. Thank you for listening. As always, you can send us your feedback, thoughts, and concerns, or ideas for future episodes to our email, info at 905er.ca. We'd love to hear from you. You can help us keep the 905er going by financially supporting us through Patreon as well as PayPal. Visit us at 905er.ca and click on the support tab. As well, links are in the show notes for your convenience. Lastly, you can find us on social media. Search for the underscore 905er on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. So long for now. See you next time. Listeners, I'm Christy and I'm Melissa and this is Buried Motives where we dig deep into the details of some of the most gruesome dirtbag murderers. She said she enjoyed hurting things that can't fight back and that is a disturbing view into the mind of a murderer in such a dirtbag. Yeah, that's not even strong enough words. This is totally a recipe for disaster and not to justify whatever is going to happen, but you can totally understand and see how this would be in the works. If you were only to look at what she did later on and not know any of that history, she would appear like off the wall crazy. Oh, 100%. Because we're not even close to getting to the end yet. But you can just see this pattern and all this kind of stuff developing in her, which is what we're here for. We're digging deep. Join us each Thursday as we unearth the dirt bags that live among us and the motives buried there. Hope you join us as we exhume the truth. <laughs>